In the interrogation room, your mysterious questioner places both hands on the table in front of you and eyes you coldly. The action and his expression cause you to stop telling your story. I reach for my coffee cup again out of habit, but remember it's empty. Instead, I fold my hands on the table and raise my eyebrows, waiting for the inevitable questions. Special Agent, you put this infected woman and her infant in the back of your vehicle. For what purpose? To what end? I had just heard that Dr. Holsey was on the mend, and I hoped, prayed even, that I'd be able to get them back to the hospital to get help. You told me you called an ambulance but they were sending a sheriff. So, you intended to transport them yourself, but, but what? She wouldn't stay put? Was that the problem? Mm, yeah, more or less. Did you view her and her child as human beings, humans with rights, due process, and all that? I looked down at my folded hands. At the very least, Christina was. I'm not sure about the child, but... And there isn't a day that goes by without me thinking about her and the choice I had to make. So I ask again, did you actually intend to cure her and the child, or was it just how you want to frame your story? I intended to cure her, to help her, to save her life, maybe even the life of the baby, if there was a way to separate the baby from the alien entity. But Christina Jacob was infected hell-bent on getting to Devil's Tower and willing to do whatever it took to get there. She was going to infect anyone she came in contact with if she could, including us. I... I wanted so desperately to save her, both of them, but I didn't know how without putting so many people at risk. People who I've sworn to protect, my teammates, the townsfolk, everyone with whatever resources I have. So, there she is. She's contained in the vehicle. Your shooter has drawn his gun. He's asking you if he can pull the trigger, and you hesitate. All of these things go through your mind. So tell me, Redacted, did you make the right decision? Can you honestly tell me that you made the right call? I made the only call I could make in that moment. Tell me what you did. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. When we last were in the midst of this story, we have Agent Rowan and Agent Rooster on the side of the road outside of town in Helena, Montana. Inside your Range Rover is Christina. As on her way out, you force the door closed before she can get to you. She's inside the vehicle and Rooster has his gun pointed at her. She's thrown up already a couple times in the interior. She wants out and you're stuck in the position of trying to decide what you want to do with her. Rooster, your question was... Can I shoot this thing yet? She's not a thing yet. Are you sure? She puts both of her hands on the inside of the this passenger side rear window. Her hands are up, looking at the two of you for a moment, just watching you. Uh, she's not reaching for the door at this point, but her hands are there touching the glass. The look on her face is somewhat of a blank expression. Oh, I'm very deliberately not looking at her face because... I, I've gotten sucker punched a couple of times mentally, and I'm not playing that game again. Rooster, what are you doing? I remember I was specifically not looking at her eyes. I'm looking just above the bottom of the window to make sure I have the body in line. I want to look back down the road that we came from and see if I can see anyone coming yet. At the moment, there are no vehicles in either direction. Wait a second. Where's the kid? Shit. Do we see, like, if we look up, can we see it anywhere near, her hands are on the glass, no. I'm going to take a few steps back and scan everywhere. As you look around, all, all the doors are closed, including the back rear hatch, all four passenger doors are closed. Uh, looking around, the grass, the street, no cars, no, no people that you see, nothing on the ground. 
And Rowan is, is is looking down at like the edge of the of the window, clearly having to make a very difficult decision at the moment. We don't have a safe way to get her to the hospital anymore. No, we don't. Fuck. Her hands are go below what you can see. They drop below the window. All right, I'm. Damn it. I'm going to ask, why Devil's Peak? Is that Ghost Mountain? Uh, the door handle jiggles a little bit. Do you want to stop her from opening it? I'm still leaning against it. She's not opening it without pushing me up aside. All right, so you're leaning, what, your, your side, your shoulder. What's touching the door? Currently, my, my shoulder, like, leaning down into it. All right, and out of the corner of your eye, her head is right there on the other side of the glass, inches away from yours. If you look, her mouth is moving. You can't hear it at the moment. Jessica, can you hear me? Inside your head, Agent Rowan, there's a giggling sound. Is that Ghost Mountain? Why are you going there? Inside your head, Agent Rowan, you hear a faint humming, a musical tune being hummed. Just light tones, a strange, simple modulation. Would I put that together with what the Cree older, older man said about that being used to call the star people? There's something similar here. It's hard to say, though. It's hard to understand. What you're hearing sounds simple. Okay. I'm going to look back at Rooster and then just like shake my head and clear back and out of the way and be like, do it, finish it. Which way are you going? Uh, I'm going back towards the back of the Range Rover, like looking back to see if I see a sheriff's car coming. Let's see. Looking down behind the vehicle, there's no cars behind you. Glancing behind you the other direction on the street is still an empty road. Rooster, do you have your gun drawn? Oh yeah, it's been pointed at the window. What do you do? She gave me the order. I fire. Give me a firearms roll. Should be 60. 24 out of 70. Which is a regular success with your pistol. What what's the weapon are you using? It's a medium pistol? Uh, it's a 45. I think it's D10 plus 2, right? Uh, no, this is just a 1d10. Okay, go ahead and roll damage for that. Eight. All right. It's a single shot that you fire, correct? Yeah. Okay. Single shot goes right through the window. The glass breaks and spirals. But the impact, it shatters in a circular pattern. The uh, Inside the vehicle, the body of Christina Jacobs flies back into the seat. And I am also drawing my pistol as I move, and I'm looking for that baby. Where are you looking? Christina flew forward when we went off-road. I'm looking towards the back of the Range Rover. She was in the trunk originally. If you look through the back window where there's smears of puke all across the back window, but glancing into the area of the trunk that you had cleared, the baby is laying on the floor of the trunk. And uh, give me a power roll. 44. Just made it, but that's a critical success. That is. If not for the critical success, <laughs> you can you can hear the baby's voice, the little giggle, but that's all you hear in your head. The baby is laying on the floor there, black eyes looking up the window. All right. I will reach and pull open the back and say, Rooster. The back opens up slowly and little bits of puke drip as the back opens up. I clear back it. as quickly as I can. And uh, once it's all the way open... And still a couple of drips flow down onto the street behind the vehicle. The, the baby just sitting there laying. And Rooster, you coming over? While she was going around to the back, I was opening the side door to confirm Christina. All right, open the side door, take a look inside. Uh, give me an alertness roll. Ah, just miss it. 65. Okay. She is laying with face down and hair splayed across her, the side of her face. You can't see her face. There's blood stains on the seat. There's a bit of a blood stain on the opposite side of the vehicle and partially sprayed on the windows of the other side of the vehicle. Uh, there's some drips going down the seat. She's not moving. Where did I hit her? It looks like probably a headshot, but you're not, you can't confirm because of the way she's laying and where the, where the hair is. Second shot. All right. I won't make you roll for that. It's close point blank. You, you take the shot. The body shows the impact. You see it rise and fall. It doesn't move. There's more of a mess, a splatter, on the other side of the vehicle behind where the body lays. All right. At this point, I probably hear Rowan call me, and I leave that body. It's a, and it move takes to the about back. 
four steps around to where Rowan is standing. And she's standing there looking in the back of the Range Rover with the trunk wide open. Or the, actually, the, this is like a hatchback, so the hatch is wide open. Whatever this thing is, finish it. Fucking Afghanistan. Take the shot. Roll pow first. Uh-oh. Holy shit, I made it by one. What'd you get? 54 out of 55. That's the best feeling, though. All right. There's a slight giggle inside your mind, and that's all there is, and your action is what? Squeeze the trigger. All right. Roll firearms. What the... Wow. 93. You fire, but you are distracted, and it impacts somewhere in the back seat of the vehicle. What's your dexterity? 60. All right. You will go first if this if we're in combat round. So you have the next action. <laughs> what do you want to do? Shoot it again. Fire again. 63. That's a hit. Roll for damage. Seven. All right. It impacts. The body tumbles and hits against the side of the back seat and lays there, unmoving. What I hit? Let's see. Center mass. Okay. By the way, you- podcast listeners... The actor here is a father of a young child. I'm in character. There's no motion. There's no noises in your head. There's no singing. There's no anything. It's quiet. And somewhere down the road, there's that slight hum of of a vehicle coming. Rooster, we need to torch the vehicle and get hidden. I'm going to look around and and start looking for a place to hide off the road. As you look in both directions, it's mostly grassy and hilly here. There's a few scant trees in the distance. That's pretty wide open space. I hate this. Do we have, I can't remember specifically what we had in the car, in the truck, but do we have anything easily flammable? Not that I recall, unless River's got something in the kit that he left in that car. Oof. Sorry, River. <laughs> Possible, but I don't know. Probably not. There is gasoline. So, well, and, and I was, I was going to say, if Montana is anything like Alaska, most people carry uh, like, like an extra gallon of gas with them in case they run out of gas and they're not anywhere near a gas station. Well, let's uh, give me a luck roll, Rooster. Maybe you guys happen to have one in the back of this Range Rover. Oh, nine. Yeah, it turns out that there is a spare gas can. Okay. Lucky you. I'm going to grab, or tell Rowan, Rowan, grab our stuff. Grab River's kit, guns. I'll take the gasoline, start pouring it over the bodies. All right, Rowan, give me a luck roll. I want to see how much of your stuff is um, unaffected. Salvageable. Ought one. Okay. Now, when, when you guys were clearing out the back, you took everything out of the back to, to make room for this and moved it up to the front. Um, as you look, Rowan, uh, it's basically laying uh, where the where people would be, their feet would be for passengers in the back row. There is a little bit of blood splatter and um, other things sprinkled across some of the tops of your bags and items. But there's luckily it looks like there's no sick in the vicinity. Okay. I think I, I, think I still have a pair of gloves in, in one of my pockets. Actually, I want to take pockets. that back. You rolled an 01, didn't you? Uh-huh. All right. Well, when you guys move this stuff up here, somebody put a blanket over it. You just pull the blanket away. Everything is perfectly clear. With an 01, your gear is fine. So congratulations. Wonderful. I will start hauling all of the stuff out onto the side of the road and getting it like 30 feet, like running back and forth, hauling it 30 feet away from the car, running back and grabbing the next handful. And so um, some pickup truck drives by on the other side of the road, going maybe 50, 60 miles per hour. I'm going to keep an eye on it, make sure it keeps going. And I'm actually going to duck my head down and away because I'm well aware of how distinctive my glasses are. The truck keeps moving. Then I'm going to grab that blanket, put it over the kid and the woman as much as I can, pour the gasoline, and then start it there. I think we established I had a lighter or something. Yeah. So um, we'll say it takes maybe three or four minutes to get everything out, set up, pour it on. The fire starts in the interior of the vehicle, correct? One other thing I'm going to do, I'm going to wipe my 45 and put it in. Got it. it is, uh, the vehicle interior is now on fire. You're both standing by the side of the road. No, we're not. Not, <laughs> not Where are you going? Where is the closest copse of trees, to borrow the word that we like so much? <laughs> Maybe about 100 yards that away, away from the road. Yeah, that near that the road. away. That yeah. away. Yeah, that away was as was as helpful to me on Zoom as it would be to a podcast. Exactly. For what it's worth, he didn't point in any direction, so it doesn't matter. I know. 
I'm gonna look back down the road and see if I can if I, if I can spot a deputy vehicle coming. Was that hum that I heard the truck that just passed us? You believe so? So you're still alone. Okay. Okay, then I'm gonna toss a couple of things at Rooster, grab as much stuff as I can carry, and be like, we make for the trees, and we stay there until that thing's burnt out. All right, Rowan, give me another luck roll. Uh, 23. Okay. The two of you move your things. It takes one trip, each of you holding everything you need, and you run to the trees, and we'll cut to River and Rory. Now, the two of you are back at the hospital again. What was your plan at this point? Where did you guys want to go? I think we had we were gonna hopefully not like get there at the same time as Rowan and uh, Rooster, because as far as we know, they are en route to the hospital. The two of you are at the hospital. I imagine you can just wait. You can make phone calls. You can whatever you want to do. The stage is now yours. I think if it'd been like ten, fifteen minutes, and I still hadn't heard from them or or like seen them at all, I probably would text Rowan, knowing that Rooster would be driving. I'll send a text to Rowan and I'll just say we're at the hospital. Any update? River, anything else you want to do? Um, you know, we didn't ask the coroner before, but it's really been bugging me ever since we saw his house. We should ask him about those mannequins. Not a bad idea. I don't know. We probably have a little bigger fish to fry at this moment, but that's once we get back in there, for sure. I don't see how it could be anything to do with this case, but it's just yeah. it's been bugging me ever since. Uh, the text message is sent. A minute or two later, Rowan and Rooster, you guys, will cut back to you. Uh, your phone vibrates. There's a text message. You see it's a text from Rory ask, asking for an update. Uh, Rowan, your thoughts? Are we in the Cops of Trees? You're in the Cops of Trees, and you're, you've stashed your gear, and you're kind of in, a, you're in what now mode? Yeah, and as soon as I know that we are not easily visible from the road and all of our stuff is safely stashed, I'll tell Rooster to keep an eye on the Range Rover, and I'll actually call Rory. Rooster, you see a vehicle on the road slow down and slow down and then go real slow next to the flaming Range Rover parked next to the side of the road. Can I tell what kind of vehicle it is? Is it a deputy car? It looks like yet another pickup truck. It doesn't have like cop markings or anything on it. It doesn't look like the one whose tires I slashed earlier this morning. Nope, that was a that was a unmarked uh, sedan. Yeah, this is a a pickup truck, uh, which is pretty common in these parts. I'm going to drop to the ground. Rowan, got company. And I'll and I'll get down and get low. Sorry, he doesn't say that. He actually says he actually says glasses company. So yeah, I'll look up, see see the truck drop. So you can still communicate obviously by text message with Rory or you can call him. I mean, honestly, staying staying low and low enough as long as I stay quiet. We're 100 yards away from the road. Uh, unless I'm shouting, I shouldn't my voice shouldn't carry that far. So, instructions for Rory. What do you have for him? All right, so yeah, I'll call, and as soon as he picks up, I'll, I'll say, she threw up all over the inside of the vehicle. It was no longer safe for us to transport her that way. She's gone, and the Range Rover is currently on fire. I need you guys to get out here and get us. Shit. Uh... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. I'm assuming River and I would have probably stepped somewhere where we could talk freely. I'll convey that to River. All right, so I guess we'll... Uh, We're going to need another it. car. We need a car. I have an idea where we... They didn't burn my stuff, did they? Did they? Did you burn River stuff? No, we were able to get all of the gear out. Okay, they got your gear. And none of it's covered in blood, for what that's worth. All right, well... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whisper over my shoulder, or puke. Shh. <laughs> all right, well, are you guys safe? You're okay for now? We're okay for now. We are about 100 yards off of the road, not far from where the vehicle is burning. Do you want me to contact Castle and have him meet you? That's not a bad idea. The other thing I was going to think of is, well, we don't have to keep the coroner's keys anymore. That's going to be hard to get now. He's awake. Um, Mm. So that's the only other. Castle's probably a good bet for driving his... Castle's a good bet or renting a vehicle is a good bet, but I don't want to have to explain why we're suddenly renting a vehicle. Like two days into the trip, yeah. Why don't you contact Castle? If the vehicle's on fire, that's going to attract attention. There's going to be cops. There's already a, someone from the sheriff's department on their way out here because we called 911, hoping for an ambulance. Okay. I'm expecting Hayes at any moment, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, or do you want me to... Why don't you call Castle, let him know the coordinates, tell him we're at the hospital. He can come get us or not. Yeah, I guess he doesn't necessarily have to pick us up if he wants to just pick you up, depending on where he is. Either way. 
Yes, I will contact him and I will let you know what's going on. Okay. Either we'll way. Sit, we'll sit tight here. Sit tight, but stay out of sight. Yeah. Up on the street rooster, you see a sheriff's vehicle slow and stop with the lights on and park behind the, the flaming Range Rover. I'll, I'll just immediately close the, the, the phone. Don't even say goodbye to Rory. Just click and go silent. Do I see anybody getting out? From where you are, one deputy gets out the driver's side door. Deputy is in uniform, walks over. Deputy's got a handheld walkie-talkie. It's talking to somebody on the walkie. Uh, the people on the other side of the road who stopped are still there. They're doing whatever they're doing. And the deputy is, is calling it in, as far as you can see. It doesn't look like Hayes. Uh, you can't tell, but it's someone wearing a sheriff's deputy uniform. And your recollection of Hayes was he was more plain clothes. We do have the binoculars with us. That yes, I specifically got from Walmart the night yep. before. I want to use the binoculars, and I would know how to do this and, like, shade the lenses to make sure I'm not getting flash reflections stealthily. So we're looking at about 4.30 at this point in the afternoon. You know the direction of the sun where you are and where the other person is, and uh, you, you feel confident based on your training that you're not going to be reflecting the sun. You take care of that. Looking through your binoculars, the sheriff's deputy is a Hispanic woman in her late 20s. Late 20s? Late 20s. Eh, Rooster's not interested. It takes a few more minutes, maybe about three to five minutes, when you guys see a, a, a smaller fire truck drive down the street with the lights, lights flashing. It pulls up, blocks the road, and immediately a couple of firefighters get out uh, with their equipment. They're using the foam spray, uh, not, not water, you know, and they start putting out the fire, basically. You're calling Castle, though, right, Rowan? Yes. All right, let's do that conversation before the firefighters get there. So the phone rings. Castle answers about the third ring. Yeah, what's, what's going on? Things went south very quickly. Uh, that tends to happen. What can I do? Uh, Christina Jacobs started walking, taken over by the thing, whatever it is that was compelling her to walk toward uh, Devil's Peak. That's an agent. I don't need those details, Agent. Just tell me what you need from me. There's a vehicle currently on fire outside of Helena, and Rooster and I are stranded. Your vehicle? Yes. You need a new car? Well, I need a ride at least. So where are you? And I'll, and I'll give him the approximate coordinates that I remember and then add, there's a vehicle on fire and I imagine the fire truck will be here very soon. You won't be able to miss it. Okay. It may be a good idea to wait for a little while until things calm down so that we can get out of here without being seen. Let's see, it's 4.30 now. Are you secure? We are hidden, yes. Are you sure? As sure as I can be, yes. All right. Since I, I don't hear Castle, but I hear her, right? Right. When she says, we are hidden, I'm going to kind of look over my shoulder and give a kind of grimace, little shake of the head. Look, short of a ghillie suit, this is as hidden as we can get. If you can hang tight, um, how about two hours? I think we should be able to do that. Okay, um, I probably can find your location pretty easily. Um, I'll call you when I get there so you know what to see, what to look for. All right. Is it just you or is it the whole team? It is Rooster and I. Rory and River are at the hospital. What, do they need a ride to? Probably, and to get out of there, I think. Well, they're secure, right? They're secure. Deputy Hayes is around here somewhere, and I don't trust him. Okay, yeah, two hours. I'll be Two hours. Thank you. Hangs up. So you notice the fire truck arrive. It slows down. It stops. They get the foam out. They start spraying out the wreckage. So is there anything else we want to do while we let some time pass? So looking at it, does it look like it got pretty well burnt out? Like the only thing maybe remaining is the skeletons, possibly? Or what, did it burn hot enough to get rid of even those? It's hard to say from where you are, though you can still see the frame of the car. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's still the frame is there. All, all the windows would have cracked and crumbled at this point. You can't tell much how much body damage was done. It didn't blow up. You know, no. It didn't explode. I, that doesn't happen that often anymore. Uh, but it, it burned as, as, as long as you could. So here's what will happen as you watch. I mean, the firefighters put it out. Um, several other sheriff's cars come. So there's three different sheriff's cars parked around the scene. Um, what you're seeing is basically two in, in uniform and one plain clothes. And as Rooster looks through his, his binoculars, um, the fellow in plain clothes you recognize, uh, it's Hayes. There he is. So he's on scene. Two other deputies are there. Uh, the deputies appear to be basically controlling the scene, but there's not a lot to control. I mean, some cars will drive by very slowly and then drive past on both directions. So some looky-loos will take a look at what's going on, but nobody investigates. The sheriffs keep waving them past. One of the deputies, after the fire was out, kind of poked around a little bit inside the truck or inside the vehicle. 
Uh, you can't hear what they're saying. Talk to the other deputy. Somebody else looked inside. And now Hayes is on scene. And he's kind of looking in the interior of the vehicle. He's looking at the frame of the vehicle. He pokes around near where the VIN ID would be on the windshield to kind of see if he can figure out what vehicle this might be. He's looking at the back seat. He's looking at the trunk. He's examining the entire scene and doing his thing. And that's the first hour. And then for it takes, it's, they just secure the scene. It just sits there for a while. We're in the midst of hour two. A van shows up from the sheriff's department. And there's a tech that shows up and they begin uh, going to the vehicle with the stretchers. All right, and then doing the, the careful work of, of removing uh, the bodies from the inside of the vehicle. Uh, load those up in the back of the vehicle. They do some other crime investigative work of the vehicle. Examine the area around the vehicle, looking for whatever they might be looking for as part of their investigation. Um, and then two hours go by. They're still there. As it gets closer to the two-hour mark, I'm going to say, you know, quietly, of course, tell Castle we need more time. Yeah, I'll stealthily pull that the phone out and just text. Sheriff's still on scene. Give it another hour. Right, it's a text message, right? Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, 7 p.m. at the hospital. Let's see. Hang on. Castle doesn't have the numbers for Rory or River, correct? He could have. I mean, he could ask Rowan, I guess, if he was trying to get a hold of us. To speed things along, we'll say that he did. And, and Rowan put in touch with him. So, it's at 7 o'clock. You get a message that your ride is here. You're still at the hospital, unless you want to go somewhere else. I don't know. River, was there anything you wanted to do between 4.30 and 7.00? Get some dinner. They've got a little cafeteria at the hospital if you guys are hungry. Ooh, hospital cafeteria food. Love it. Rory probably would do that. He probably wouldn't want to get go too far. So he'd probably do that, try to stay kind of on the down low. All right, so we'll say that River and Rory get some food. You guys, uh, there's not much to say, you know, short on witty conversation. Uh, but at, at 7 o'clock, you get the message that your ride is here. Go outside. There's Castle. And you see that that same pickup truck, the same one you saw earlier this morning, that's the one you see. That's the vehicle that's waiting for you outside the hospital. The one that he drove to the green box? Yeah, so there's no trailer on it, mind you. Just, just the truck. So that pulls up out front? Yeah. Okay, I guess we'd go toward it. Right, River? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll head toward it, uh, check around to see if uh, our friend the deputy is around and, and looking at us. As you look around, you don't see him. So it seems, it seems clear. Where do you guys want to go? Front seat, back seat? What's, the, what's your thoughts? I'd probably leave the front for River and top in the back. All right, River, you're, you're shotgun. Uh, so Castle drives away. He says, I, I got a message from Rowan. She wants me to wait till 7.30. You guys uh, you guys need anything in the meantime? I'm all right. Yeah, I don't know. We were uh, planning on heading out to Benthic, but... Uh, well, like, like tonight? Hope to do it in the afternoon. I'm sure they're, they're closed up by now. What, what are you two hoping to do? At this point, just to get the team back together, kind of regroup, it sounds like. Yeah, we need to get back together with uh, the rest of the team. Yeah, but I mean, with Benthic, what are we talking about here? We want to find out what they were doing with these things and make sure there's not more of them. And... Yeah, I get that. The last kind of loose end that I'm thinking is the McCaslin. From what the videos show, he should be as sick as Jacob was or the coroner, but it sounds like that's not the case. Wait, wait, is he the first one? What's your, your patient zero? That's at least our thought. And he's not dead? Well, if you believe Gaunt. But who's Gaunt? Her and McCaslin were the ones that were going to the Oakland pit regularly. She runs Benthic. Oh, okay. All right, so she's the boss. And, you know, it would be good to know where they got this thing from in the first place. That's a good question. Well, you're looking at me like I know? No, I just, uh, we don't really know what, what our duties are on, on this sort of thing. But they didn't tell you that, did you? I hope it's not just to go in here and, and shoot up anything that looks like an alien. We find the unnatural, we take care of the unnatural, we make sure nobody knows about it. Yeah, yeah. take care doesn't doesn't really uh, tell me that much. I mean, that could mean you're you're buying it stuffed animals or something. Yeah, well, I don't think you should do that. And obviously, obviously people do know about it, so what do we do about them? That's a good question. But how far you want to go with this thing? You can't prune every single loose... Or can we? Every single person that knows about it? Is that the, the cleanup we're looking at here? Well, well, you know better than I do, but, you know, we don't know how many of the people at Benthic know anything. Might be just the two of them. Might be all of them. Benthic's really the last unknown factor that we have. The coroner's, at least when we were there, seemed like he had recovered. So as long as no one's poking around about what exactly was going on, I think that could be chalked up to whatever. Okay, wait. So one of your uh, victims is is recovering. Uh, as far as we can tell. 
right, I'm assuming I would have gotten an update if that was not the case while I was at the hospital for three hours. Yeah, and you didn't get any updates. He's st- he's stable and he's conscious, so that's a good sign. So Castles thinks for a minute and says, "So what do you two rookies want to do with Benthic?" Well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to shoot a bunch of people just because they know something that we don't want them talking about. Yeah, I, you don't seem like the shoot 'em up type to me. No, I'm not. And this guy in the back, you're the doctor, right? You got it. Yeah, you're not the a killer either. Uh, at this point, I just we need to regroup. Sounds like things went south with Rowan and Rooster. However, we need to take care of that situation immediately, and then we can go from there. He looks at the dashboard clock. It's like seven o five. As I, I told her, it's seven thirty. So we're gonna just I'll drive a little bit. If you guys want something, otherwise, I'll just keep the wheels moving. Works for me. So have we been filled in on what what the situation is? Which situation? Are you talking about with Rowan? Asking the handler what what we know about what happened out there. I don't think he. I don't think she told you guys anything. We, <laughs> I don't told, think so either. She was in kind of a rush. Like there was a lot happening, and it's like there's there was a situation we're dealing with it, and I'm set, I'm sending people to what get you. What I got you. told was Christina and the kid are gone, uh, and they'd set the Range Rover on fire. <laughs> no, you know that it was on fire. That's basically the whole situation. So I think Castle probably knows more than we do at this point. So do you know what's going on out there? All we heard was, you know, some something happened to the woman and, and then the car was on fire. It sounds like they had to contain the uh, the unnatural. With fire. That works. So what are we waiting for now? They're buying time. They said 7.30, unless I get a message they want me sooner there. Apparently there's some heat on the scene. Well, yeah, if the car's on fire, we'll do that. <laughs> yes, it will. I was going to make that joke, but I wasn't in the scene. So you two need anything else? Any other questions? Nothing that can't wait till we're all back together. Understood. Alright, 7.30 rolls around, um, and let's see, just, just checking on this. Okay, yeah. So at this point, the uh, van has left. The uh, evidence collection van from the Sheriff's Department has left. Um, the patrol cars have left. And the last vehicle on the scene was that, uh, that unmarked. It's a lieutenant's car that they used. Hayes. Yeah. We know it's Hayes by now. I've, I've slashed that tire once. Yeah, so Hayes' vehicle was, for the last 10 minutes, was the only vehicle on scene with it. And you guys, you watched. As the sun is setting in the distance, um, and Hayes is sitting on the on the uh, the trunk of his vehicle, looking at the wreck like he's thinking about something. We would have waved off Castle before... Yeah, he, he leaves before Castle shows. So I, just, okay. I checked for that. He had his final thoughts. He didn't come to any other conclusions. Gets in his vehicle, leaves the scene, and then about 7.35, a truck drives by, slowly, slows. You recognize the vehicle from earlier that morning. And the two of you see, of course, the Range Rover burnt out with some police tape wrapped around it. There's a black and there's a char and there's a mess all around it from the firefighting equipment and from all the spray and whatnot. And a lot of, you know, the whole scene is the grass is a little bit burnt along the side. There's a lot of footprints and tire tracks all around it. But the scene at this point has been cleared. So Castle stops the, the pickup truck somewhere nearby, uh, leaves the engine running, and just waits. Is anyone stepping out of the vehicle? Rory's going to step out, um, just kind of take a look, get a closer look, and see. Not get to not get too close. As as soon as soon as Rowan sees sees one of her people step out, she's going to like look around and make sure there's no other sheriff people around, and stand up, stick her fingers in her mouth, and just whistle really loudly. Yeah, you hear. Just to move things along, the two of you get all your gear out, get all the stuff. You move it all the way back to the pickup truck, put it in the back. Everybody gets inside. I did want to see what was left, kind of just from yeah, a little too. bit of a distance to see what. Well, I guess they probably would have taken most of it with them. So say, what are you looking for? Like, how recognizable is it that it's definitely, like, the FBI, like, the group of outsider FBI agents car that had a distinct... Well, number one, you can still tell it's a Range Rover. Okay. Number one. The the frame is burnt and blackened, but there are still marks where you can see the paint. The license plate on the front is still visible. Um, that alone would be useful. But there's also the, there's VIN numbers that they, they're in different locations of these vehicles. So they can, even in a burnt out car, they can find those VINs. It is something that they can track and recognize. The interior is burnt up and melted. You know, the seats have melted. The inside is, is a melted mess. When we saw them hauling like the gurneys, did we see them like taking the body of Christina out? They recovered two bodies from the back of that vehicle. And what condition you don't know. But we were we should have a pretty good idea because we were watching through the binoculars. I mean, you would see some char, so charred charred limbs and such, but it's yeah, they're not in great shape. And I mean, I started the fire basically on them with yeah. gasoline in the blanket. Yeah. As 
soon as we get in the car, I'm going to say, somebody call the cops and tell them our Range Rover was stolen. Yeah, good idea. On it. All right, so anything else you guys want to say or do Rowan's call first? Yeah, does anybody actually believe that when you call it in three hours after the car burns? I don't know, Rowan, what's your experience with these sorts of things? So I would imagine that my experience is that if we have a good reason for why we didn't notice the vehicle was taken, like, for example, we we were doing some uh, investigation at the hospital or we were, if we have a good reason for why we wouldn't have noticed until now that the vehicle was gone, it might fly. Like, say, yeah, I went out to get my car and it was gone. Go for it. Well, well, don't call it in now because, you know, if you're calling cops, they might be able to track down the location of your cell. Maybe when you get back to the hospital, toward the hospital. Honestly, the hospital is the best cover, not least because you two at least were there and visible on various and sundry security cameras if people are paranoid enough to look that deep. So Castle's like, am I going back to the hospital? Yeah. And do we have anything else to explain other than a burned out car? Yeah, he makes a U-turn and he heads back into town. <laughs> I mean, two bodies inside of said burned out car, but I don't think we need to explain that to them. We wouldn't know about that if it was stolen. Yeah, you're a cop. <laughs> you think they're going to accept that and not ask any questions? I think the rest of the department might, because the sheriff doesn't ask the FBI a lot of questions. Hayes, however, Hayes knows entirely more than he's letting on, and I want to pin that fucker down and find out what he knows. You do have his number. I do. I think it is going to be incumbent upon us to talk to him because he knows more than he's letting on. He was there when the autopsy was happening on Jacob. Right. And there was stuff that the coroner referred to that was not on the report. Great. And if that's the case, did he stifle it? He's our only connection at this point. And I can't remember if we had told Rowan or Rooster what we discussed with Gaunt, but I would you, probably... You have not. Us. We don't know. Okay. Have at it. Yeah, so I guess on the way back, we'll brief you on whatever we discovered. The most important thing being, she says that McCaslin is fine, which I don't really believe. She kind McCaslin's- of had, she had like a smirk when she was saying, when we asked if about him, like a knowing, almost like a knowing smirk, but I, that was about all I could get off her. I wonder if she's one of these greys, one of the star people. The older cream man said they could appear however they wanted to appear. Why not appear as the CEO of a pharmaceutical company? Wait a second. Did what did you say about this? She said something in regards to to youth serum or something makes her look good. What the player says, remembering something from last session. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. All I have in my notes about that is Gaunt is creepy AF. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she hang on. Let me look at. Let me look. She at my had notes. definitely said something along the lines. Yeah, of, I do remember that. Yeah, because I had come up with a theory that I wanted to play with. And Rory would probably remember more than I, me, the player. Uh, so he probably would relate. I mean, it's only been a couple yeah. of hours. But... Yeah, I was, I was too busy <laughs> role-playing to take notes. I got the important stuff, obviously, in my notes. I have a frowny face in here. Boys can't read her frowny face with angry eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I got... She says Brent is fine. Smirk. I wasn't there, so I didn't take notes for that. Yeah. I take notes under the assumption that they will fill me in, and I don't want to try to go back and remember. That's smart. Rooster wouldn't take notes, so that's my excuse. I write the damn reports I have to. Something about proprietary organism being kept yeah. somewhere. That's it. Oh, yeah. in the pit. She 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 said that the, that the, yes. part, that the proprietary yes. organism was kept in the pit, and it belonged to Ben Thick, and it was none of your damn business. And she yeah, said basically. something for sure about, like, she looks good for her age because of stuff they're working on. Yeah. Basically, when Rory fills us in on that bit that none of us remember, I'm going to say from the backseat, exhausted and blearily, okay, okay, I've got another one of my great ideas. Oh, God. There's two things going on. There's two aliens. There's We the know that. It's the Migos and the Greys. Wait, we know we do know that. The, okay, I thought I put that together. Never mind. Don't you? Castle told us about the Migo watching the Gray while the Gray were doing experiments. Yeah, you guys missed part there. Would the Greys set up a, a corporation or something, or they just take them off in their flying saucers? You guys don't listen, do you? No, this got to be. Too I've majestic. had three hours of sleep. 
and I've been on Overwatch most of the last day. We found the Greys, our country found the Greys some 50, 60 years ago with the Roswell crash. We've been keeping them. Majestic's been keeping them. A little pet project of theirs. They made a deal with them of some sort. I don't know much. I don't. It's just rumor. That's what we hear. What we, on our, I don't know the whole thing. I'm not. I wasn't in on that. So right? then, which one is the proprietary organism? Is it a Migo or a Grey? I don't know. It's one or the other. But here's what I know: those Greys, just like you think, those little Grey men, the heads, the long limbs, the whole thing. That's that shit's true. They're out in the field. They're doing their thing. We see the Migos. There's something else. They are something else. We shoot the Migos. The Greys, they fall down like puppets, like their strings were cut. I shit when, you not. When you shoot the Migos, they fall down. Interesting. My brain had put together that maybe the, the Migos were being farmed by the Greys, but maybe it's the other way around. I am also on about two hours of sleep, so. I don't know the connection, but there's, they don't look anything alike. They're nothing but they're connected. alike. But Rory, at this point, well, thinking somehow. back to when we burned, when he dissolved Detective Jacob's body in acid. Did, did you see any Migos when you burned the body of Mrs. Jacob? That seems like a similar treatment to what we did with Detective Jacob. Well, I don't know. it's fire, not acid. Fire, I mean, there are... I didn't know if there would be any similarities or not. That's If it didn't, then that's good to know. I didn't see anything. She says questioningly, looking at the handler. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't see anything. Nothing came out of the fire. Okay. All right, here's here's my thought. There are things that can live in acidic environments. You know, the um, the, the things that live in, in really extreme environments. There's no almost nothing that can live in fire. I don't think there is anything that can live in pure fire. So we set it on fire, we killed it, hopefully. Usually works. Cleansing force. I guess the old people got it right. Napalm. Do not tempt me unless you have some to give me. <laughs> I could make some. I'm listening. What? Styrofoam gasoline. That's one of the ways we do it. The detergent mixed in there as well. For yeah. Okay. The, the problem isn't making it; it's, just, it's the delivery method. All right. Well, we don't we don't even know if there's any more of these. They have to milk worry jokes. about. We knew about. I use milk jugs huh. for those plastic kind. That would work. We knew about Detective Jacobs. We knew about the coroner. We knew about Christina, and the Star Child. Three of those are dealt with. The coroner mm-hmm. is, from what I could tell, recovered. That's good. I don't know if that's permanent or probably worth keeping an eye on at least. I think Benthic is really our only loose end. Benthic and Hayes. Right. So what do you four Boy Scouts, or Girl Scout, I guess, from your case, want to do about Benthic? Girl Scouts are boring. Boy Scouts are more interesting. Anyway. Boy Scouts kicks me out because I like the guns too much. You know, they got merit badges for shooting stuff. Not the kind of stuff I was shooting. They like targets. They wanted me to learn how to sew. That's boring. I wanted to learn how to shoot things. They didn't like that. You know how to sew a wound open, don't you? Or clothes, I should say. Yes. I do. It's a useful <laughs> skill. Uh, I know this guy in the back does. I, I know how to make them. So. Anyway. All right. It is, what, about 8 o'clock now? We're looking at yeah, 8 o'clock. Oh, you got to take care of the cops' hospital. So let's, uh, we'll cut to the hospital. Um, you guys go inside, find a nice quiet place to still sit. Rowan's got the room and the phone, and you can make a call whenever you're ready. I think in like a, a back corner of the cafeteria because Rowan is starving. <laughs> And then make the call on the burner phone that Rooster gave her. Right, who are you calling? I'm going to call the, the non-emergency right. sheriff's department line. All right, so you'll call the Lewis and Clark County Sheriff's Department non-emergency direct line here in Helena. A woman responds, you know, Sheriff's Department, how can I help you? Yes, hi, good evening. This is Special Agent Redacted with the FBI task force that is currently in town, and I wanted to report a, st- a stolen vehicle. Okay, um, is, it, is it your vehicle, ma'am? It is a vehicle that I was provided with for the duration of my task force here in town, and we have been at the hospital today working, and we came outside, and it was missing. Okay. Um, what we usually do is we send a deputy to your location to take a report and to sign, sign the paperwork, and shouldn't take more than 20 minutes, ma'am. We're in the cafeteria. Send them on over. Which cafeteria? There's only one in the hospital, isn't there? Well, she didn't know you were in the hospital. Yes, we are in the hospital cafeteria. She confirms the hospital location. She says, we'll, we'll dispatch somebody out. Um, they should be there within half an hour, and they'll take a report. Okay. All right. So she thanks you, hangs up. All right. And while while we're waiting, Rowan will put away some food and just, like, put her put her head down on her arms and, and go into a cat nap for, like, 10 minutes. Okay. So just while you guys are waiting and you guys eat, uh, Rory, you check in on your patient, the coroner. His vitals have improved over the last six hours. 
And the doctor, the attending, says that they, they think he'll make a full recovery. It looks good. They've gotten most of the toxic metals out of his system. Uh, the damage, there is some damage that will be lifelong damage from the, from the toxic metals and the organ damage. But it seems like they can reverse the current effects and he should make a full recovery. All right. And then if everything was still stable and fine, he probably wouldn't push anything. Right. And they note that they, they use a treatment of an antifungal as well as um, a chelation therapy, which helped with the heavy metals. And it appears that from their perspective, it seems to have done the job. So in any case, um, some time passes. It takes about 45 minutes from your call before a patrol car arrives. Um, and in the lobby, they ask somebody where you are and they direct them to your room and they find you in the conference room where Rowan is probably still taking a cat nap. I imagine. Yeah, I would wake up as soon as the door opened because I'm, I'm keyed to that sound. But otherwise, I'm just out for like a half hour. And I just want to check to see. You recognize this deputy. It's a it's a Hispanic woman in her late 20s in a sheriff's outfit. Oh, uh, boy. Who, who walks into the conference room. Um, she looks calm and unassuming. This is part of her, her regular routine. So she asks which one made the call. They directed the, the special agent redacted. Uh, she walks over there, basically gets her little pad out. Says, okay, okay, ma'am, I understand that you wanted to report a stolen car. Yes, I did. I'm sorry, what was your name? My name is uh, Melissa Ortega. Deputy Ortega, is this good to meet you? Yes, we were here at the hospital following up on a couple things to do with our task force, and we went outside maybe about an hour ago and discovered that the vehicle that we have been using had been taken. Okay. At what time was this? So it's what, about 8.30 right now? Yes, it'll be 8.45 at this point. Okay. Yeah, we went outside at about 7.30 and discovered that the vehicle was missing, but we've been here for several hours, so it's hard to pin down when it might have been taken. Okay, describe the vehicle for me. And I'll give her the, the description of, right. the, of the Range Rover, the color and everything. Okay. And she asks, where did you park the vehicle? And I'll indicate which parking lot we put it into. Okay. Do you remember where it was specifically? I'll think for a second and then indicate where it was relative. And conveniently, because Rowan notices these things, it's a place that a security uh, camera wasn't looking. <laughs> So you got way out in the back corner lot, yeah, you know, near some of the dumpsters or something. Where, yeah, yeah, we didn't okay. want to take any of the parking for uh, patients and doctors. We wanted to be out of the way. Drop off us at the at the main entrance. Go park. Come back in. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she, and she fails her human. Okay, and then um, do you have any rental paperwork for this vehicle? It was provided for us via uh, Breckenridge because one of our one of our task force members is a Breckenridge member. I've got my feet up on the table. Raise my hand. Oh. Okay, um, she closes the little notebook. I'll, like, tilt my head looking at her. Um, you just probably just want to make a call to Breckenridge and they can take care of it. Oh, absolutely. I just wanted to also make sure that there was a police report on file. Do you want me to file this report? Yes. Um, okay. All right, sure, okay. We can do that. Um, do you have any other questions? They are Breckenridge, I am FBI, we like paper trails. Well, um, listen, I haven't, I've only been here about four or five years, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of new to this stuff, but um, when it comes to Breckenridge, they usually don't like paper trails. Well, they know what they deal with when they work with the FBI. Hey, you're the boss. Okay. Um, sure. I'll, um, yeah, I'll make the report for you. Um, here, she gives you, this is the report number, you know, so if you're for your records, here it is. Here's my business card. If you have questions, mm-hmm. here's our number. The whole formalities she does. Um, she kind of gives you a look. She gives a, a look over to Rooster to kind of just see what he's, how he's responding, what he looks, to kind of get a sense from him, like a read on the situation. I'm sitting there with my feet up, finishing a cafeteria burger. There's a couple of empty plates next to me already and a huge cup of coffee. And I, and when I see her look at me, I kind of give her an obvious, like, up and down kind of, she quietly returns the nod back to you, gives a faint smile to everybody in the room, and excuses herself. Like I said, too old for me. Gross. Can I try to get a read to see if I think she bought it? Now go Give me a human roll. I'd actually like to do that yeah, as you well. Can, you can both do that. Thank you. I, I would I, if I thought it was it would be helpful. But. Uh, success. <laughs> 32 out of 15. 40. Success. Yeah. Uh, you, you both get the sense that she didn't seem suspicious. That she seemed to be in the midst of just doing, taking the report. There was nothing, no pause. But it was clear from everybody that once Breckenridge was brought up, her, her tone changed and she seemed less interested in doing the report. Yeah. I, I'm going to glance over at Rooster and be like, looks like Breckenridge owns a good portion of this town, which 
221 Breckenridge. Makes sense. Well, all right. We're not going to get anything out of Benthic tonight. I think we go back to the motel and get some goddamn sleep. Anything else you guys want to do this evening? Otherwise, we can... You guys is need Castle some sleep. still around? Castle is still around. He um he had some food in the cafeteria. He's actually outside smoking right now. I'll ask him, so uh, are you our transportation now, or do we need to find a rental? So it's just you and Castle. He's outside. There's a, there's a doorway. There's a little sign that's like, no smoking within 10 feet of the hospital entrance. So he's like exactly 10 feet away from it over near one of the little ashtrays that are over there. Um, and he's just quietly smoking this one of his non-filtered uh, cigarettes. So he glances over at you and looks at you. What, am I I'm your taxi? Well, I guess that's up to you. All right, I know, I know the job. Uh, listen, my, I want to get you guys a new vehicle. I, I, I don't want to do this, but I don't have anything just yet. So how about this? I'll give you a ride to your hotel. I'm going to work on something tonight. If I got something, I'll deliver it tomorrow morning. If not... I'll do my best. I mean, we can always rent something, or who knows, maybe we can convince Deputy Hayes to drive us around. Hey, whatever you want to do. It's your call. So, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll drive your whole group back to your hotel, and then tomorrow I'll see what I can do. All right. Appreciate that. All right. He goes back to smoking. All right. The rest of you guys all exit the hotel, or the, the hospital. Unless there's something else you want to do, we, we return to the hotels. Everyone re- goes back to their rooms. Some of you need a lot of sleep, need to clean up. There's things you need to do. So uh, if there's anything you want to do this evening while you're by yourself in your hotel, just let me know. We'll, we'll take care of that and we'll reconvene in the morning. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna call home because there's, there's probably a couple of voicemails waiting for me already. Let's see. So today is Wednesday and this is Wednesday night. Um, we started this story off on a Monday. There's there's a couple of voicemails, but it's been you know, it's been two days. Well, I've, I've been calling every night. Yeah. Of course. So you'll check in with the wife. Um, she doesn't want to, doesn't, she doesn't really ask you about just, are you okay? You know, everything's okay up there. When do you think you'll be home? I think we may be getting close to wrapping things up, but you know, it's, it's nothing's for sure. So she talks to you for a little bit about some things that are going on with the house. Um, some things going on with your daughter, some plans you have, she has for the other week, practice schedules, soccer practice, another project that they're working on. So she really wants to paint that upstairs bedroom, basic house sort of things, and says, Yo, well, you know, we're looking forward to seeing you. Maybe we'll see you on Friday. Please you know, talk to you tomorrow night. L- love you, Redacted. Love you too. And I say, yeah, I sure hope I'll be home by Friday. All right, good. Good, because you know, we have that thing this weekend. Yep, yep, I remember. Sarah and John are coming over, and you know, I, I kind of don't want to cancel. Yeah, well, I don't want to cancel either. Okay, all right, love you. Talk to you tomorrow. Yep, good night. So anybody else want to make some calls? Uh, Rory will probably call and check in with Andrew and the little puppy Chase. Yeah, let's see. Okay, good. Yeah. So Andrew is in. I mean, his schedule is a little bit, as you know, as a doctor, his schedule is just like yours. It's kind of unpredictable. But but he answers the phone and puts it on the FaceTime, kind of sets it over there by the couch, you know. He's got, uh, what would it be? Let's see. Probably one of those, those pokey bowls or, or something like that that he's got set up. And he's in the midst of it. And Chase is right, right next to him, but it's like, keeps inching closer and closer to the edge. He has to keep nudging the dog away. He just says, he talks a little bit about what he, what's been going on today. You know, it's been, work's been kind of crazy. You know, it's, he's exhausted, but it's good to see you. How you doing? Kind of banter and whatnot. What do you want to tell him about what you've been up to? Uh, I might mention that there was like a, some sort of fungal infection going around, not going into too many details. They got you dealing with a fungal infection? That's, that's my job. I mean, it's, there's other stuff going involved too. I can't really get into too many details, but Oh, I know. Hush, hush, right? Need yeah, to know? all that. I'm not telling anybody. It's just me and Chase. I mean, Chase, he can't speak English. So it's just, you know, nobody in this room is going to say anything. Yeah, it's something, I don't know, something spreading around. I think it's... Okay, come on, dog. He, he nudges... Chase is trying to steal some of his, his tuna, so he kind of nudges him away. He says, what was that? Uh, he'll probably... Uh, I'm trying to decide what Rory would tell him. Uh... <laughs> You probably wouldn't tell him to, like a whole lot this time, but um, mention that there is some people getting sick with what looks like uh, some symptoms similar to fungal infection, and I'll mention the heavy metal stuff and how they could be related, but he's not sure. I've never seen those two related as far as uh, fungal infection. There's, there's no cases I've ever seen prior cases where those are two separate problems. I don't really get it either. It looks... The one guy that he looks like he's recovered, he's chelation therapy and the antifungal uh, oh, treatment. 
Okay. Yeah. That, that's more just to get the purge the heavy metals, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I don't really get how they're related. I can I can tell you more about it when I'm back. But hmm. I mean, I know if it was me, I would treat each of the symptoms separately. I don't. I don't know how. I've never seen. How yeah, they that's. To each other. I mean, that is what they what they've been doing. They seem more linked than I think they think. I think. I, mean, I guess. Okay, maybe that's just a hunch I have that they're linked. Uh, uh, why do you? Th- why would you think that they're linked? I mean, medically. It's a common sort. Like same. Uh, the same people have said the same same similar symptoms from the same infection points. That's the only all I got. Just thought that you might be interested in that. A fungus kind of tends to break things down, right? I mean, it takes it could be the dead necrotic tissue, it could be old stuff, whatever. It, it breaks it down and it, and it uses that in its own growth system, and then it can create more fungus or more of itself from that dead or disused tissue. But I don't know why that would relate to heavy metals. That seems like something. Just, I don't know any fungus that eats heavy metals. That seemed like it would have occurred in nature. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's other stuff going on too. I'll, I'd rather not do it over Face FaceTime. I can go and I can tell you more about it another time. But thought it might pique your interest. Oh yeah, no, I'm piqued. Well, you can't just leave me hanging. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'll tell him. I mean, that's really all Rory knows, except for he's not going to tell him anything about the aliens at all. <laughs> okay, so you're working on a strange fungal infection. Wait, can you tell me where you are? Uh, I think he probably would have told them that he was in Montana. What are they doing up there in Montana? That's, that's so weird. Uh, I just, just where the, where it came up. You know, I've told you a little bit about this task force. No, um, you haven't. Not very much. Okay. I, it's, you, you know, it's very, it's, you know, it's super secretive. You know, I can't go into a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got, I got military clearance too. I got, you know, I, I work for the same branch of the government that you do. Yeah. You got me there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I will. How about this? When I, as soon as I get back, I'll tell you everything. Okay. Um, come on, Chase. L- leave it. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. So what? what Friday, Saturday? What do you um, think? I thinking it's got it in the next. Probably by then, if it's any later, I'll let you know. But I would assume by Friday at the. I mean, this guy really misses you. I, I, I I'm fine. You don't have to worry about me. Uh, yeah. But th- this little guy is just breaking his heart. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's rough being here without you guys but i'll yeah i'll i'll keep you updated i'm sure probably friday would be my guess friday saturday okay see i'd say bye to chase look, look at that face this dog look this dog just misses you oh bye look at chase. that oh he, he wipes his little head a bit all right he'll be okay I, all right I, I, I got it he likes me better than you anyway oh no i'm kidding right. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see you soon redacted all right bye all right love you love you too Oh, <laughs> sorry. Ignore me. So, uh, Rowan and uh, Rooster, you guys want to get some sleep? Maybe not a bad idea. Rowan would be up for another hour or so, making. Sh- I mean, she's bleary eyed and exhausted, but making sure that she at least gets notes down for her report before she sleeps, and everything just flees her mind because she's so damn tired. But she's at least up long enough, propping her eyelids up to just type in some notes at least to make sure that she doesn't forget what's going on and just quickly check her personal phone and uh, see a message from from her parents reminding her that uh, she has plans to be out visiting them for her birthday. And she just smiles, texts back, yes, I know, I'll be there. And I mean, as, as soon as she's done doing, like she's driven on, on what's left of adrenaline and duty. And as soon as she's done, she just face plants into bed like gets gets her dirty clothes off because they're covered in dirt and leaf everything because she's been laying in the leaves for hours but after that she's just face planting into bed so cutting to rooster then is there anything rooster wants to do before he gets some very needed sleep he's gonna kind of look at the bed and wince remembering his flashback earlier today he's gonna take a blanket and a pillow throw it on the floor but before he falls asleep, he's going to pull out his phone, text the cute coroner girl, and go, Hey, sorry, not trying to ghost you. Work's been going crazy the last two days. I'll try and get to you tomorrow. How long do you want to wait for a reply? He's not really going to wait for a reply. He's just sending that, and then he's going to lie down on the floor with the blanket and pray for no nightmares. And uh, it doesn't take long. He's, despite his mental issues, the exhaustion is built up. Your current willpower is, was it, was it three? Where, where are we at right now? <laughs> uh, no, no, it's higher than that. It, I've got five. All right. I was going to say, it's not three. It's like <laughs> so, five. Okay, it's five of how many? What's the max? Eleven. 
Yeah. So more than I'm half. only a little under. I'm only a little under half. No big. I'm at 10 out of 12. So, <laughs> buddy. So with a full night's sleep, you'll recover all your willpower, uh, Rooster. Woo-hoo. And then um, everyone else will recover your full willpower with a full night's sleep. Uh, Rooster, I get all my sanity back too, right? No. <laughs> no. But, um, nice I try, mate. But we'll say I've maybe tried. about 10 minutes after Rooster does fall asleep, there's a little little flashing message indicator on his cell phone. He has a, a text message comes through that he can take a look at in the morning. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Thomas Ogus, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detwiller, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. The Chapter 1 story is based on the scenario Extremophilia, written by Shane Ivey. If you like our story, there's two things you can do to support us. First, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to each new episode of the story, Rowan's written reports for each chapter, as well as access to bonus episodes that explore the background of our characters and the story. And if you can't support us directly, please support us by telling people about us. Uh, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Share us on social media. or on all the usual social media sites as The Redacted Reports. Thanks for listening.